Hi, I'm Pastor Paul. Welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. This is part three, talking about your identity is in Christ. I want to open with uh, this first scripture right away, and it's found in John 17, 13 through 25. Now I am coming to you, I told them, uh, now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have, be- I, I have belonged to the world just like I do not belong to the world. I am asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from e- the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. You see right there, it says, I give myself. Jesus gives himself as a holy sacrifice for you, for them, the believers in me, Jesus, so they can be made holy or perfect by your truth. He goes on, he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me. Here we are 2,000 years later, and we continue to bring more and more people to Christ. And he says, for all who ever believe in me through their message, right? The message of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us. May we be in Jesus and the Father so that the world will believe that you sent me. You, the Father, sent me to us, the people of God. It says, I have given them the glory you gave me. I mean, just imagine that God has glory, and he has empowered Christ with that glory, the anointing and the anointed one, and that Christ has given us the glory of God. It says, so they may be as one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. Did you know Jesus lives on the inside of you? The greatest anointing, the greatest power ever to be known lives and abides on the inside of you. And he has God living in him. It says, may they experience such power perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. O righteous Father, The world doesn't know you, but I know you. And these disciples know you, sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. 
Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. I think one of the, the most fantastic things that Christ accomplished through his short life here on this earth was that he became the catalyst to bring God back inside of mankind. You see, when God created Adam, it says he breathed the breath of life into him and then he became a living being. He wasn't living until the spirit or the essence of God entered him. And what's interesting to me is that once Adam and Eve uh, adopted a sin nature through eating of that fruit and disobeying God, that there was for the first time separation between man and God. In fact, God came back. It said that he came back and to walk with them. And the first thing he said was, where are you? Where, where are you? And their response was, we hid from you because we're ashamed. And he said, who told you you're naked? Who told you that you're to be ashamed? Because it wasn't the word of God that created you that called you that. And of course, they began to reveal that Satan, the devil, had deceived them, and that the power of the knowledge of good and evil had entered them, rather than just good, now it was good and evil. Thank God for the promise of God that when He created man and created the earth and everything, that He said it was good. <laughs> when God says something, that's the way it is. But the moment they added evil to the good... That's where the nature of them was changed and the separation between them and God developed. So we went through the entire Old Testament. You know, the people of God would do good. God would be with them, not in them, with them. People would do bad. God would not be with them. And so this went back and forth. But once Jesus came and once Jesus died, once Jesus fulfilled his calling, and that anointing came into place that broke the nature of, of, of the evil side or the sin side so that now all that can exist is the good. Hallelujah. And the good is the anointing of God that breaks that yoke off of your life and it empowers you with the Holy Spirit to come back into mankind. That's why every time I... Say the sinner's prayer, I invite the Holy Spirit into my life, into your life. You know, come and live inside of me. Because that's the empowerment part. That's the part where Jesus said, you know, I've got to go back to my Father, but when I do, I'm going to send the Comforter. So go wait in the upper room and I'll undo you with, with power or wholeness because of the anointing that I carry. And the fulfillment of that anointing for your behalf. It says in 1 Peter 1, 14-15, it says, You must live as God's obedient children. 
Listen, you're going to fall short of the glory of God, but listen, you must live as God's obedient children. Well, okay, if I'm a child of God, then that identifies me with Christ, okay? So you, you got to get that part. So many people go through their Christian walk and they don't get what I'm talking about. That man alive, I'm empowered by the anointing of Christ. That's why he came. He broke once and for all my sinful nature. And I've got to be obedient to that nature to be a child of God. It says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Well, I can do it myself. Well, you know, where was God when I needed him the last time? Well, what about this? And what about that? No, sister so-and-so said this about me. And oh, I was hurt by the church. And oh, this and oh, that. Listen, at some point, you got to just say, you know what? Uh, I need grace. They need grace. I accept that. And I walk in that every day of my life so I can continue to be an obedient child to what it is that God has empowered me with and empowered them with. And we need to be coming together around that thing rather than allowing the circumstances to begin to dictate our actions and our behaviors and ultimately our habits. It says, you didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy. Well, hey, holy just means you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation in Him. Holy doesn't mean that you're walking around, you know, uh, and, and you're perfect. <laughs> Trust me, you are not perfect, but God sees you as holy, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and bringing that identity into your life. It says, just as God chose you is holy. It says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy as I am holy. Well, okay, that, that, that requires the empowerment of Christ's anointing and his identity to replace my identity to walk in that light. And it's, it's just so amazing to me how the church uh, sometimes behaves in ways that is not uh, following, let's just say, the constitution of the Word of God, and we're calling it the Word of God, and it's not the Word of God, and, and we're living as if our brother or our sister is not holy because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, that, that causes a, a level of disobedience that uh, is not good for you, it's not good for your brother, it's not good for your sister. We need to encourage each other and remind each other of who we are in Jesus Christ. That includes becoming holy as God is holy. Well, only Jesus, who is God, could become holy for us. And we have got to adopt that nature into our lives and quit pointing our fingers at ourselves and pointing our fingers at our brothers and our sisters and really start to understand that we are all, through our faith and our belief in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that because of that righteousness, we are holy as God is holy. 
We are not holy based on our, our good efforts and our works and all of those kinds of things. No, it's by our faith and our corresponding action towards that that we are going to become everything that God intended us to be. If we could do it on our own, then there is no cause for Christ. And I am here to tell you as a man of God that there is a cause for Christ. Christ brings holiness into reality through His nature becoming your nature, replacing the sinful nature. We cannot keep, like the scripture says, we can't keep going back and forth from our old way of living to a righteous way of living, to a holy way of living. We can no longer do that. We've got to, once and for all, declare over our lives, the ident my identity is in Christ, period, exclamation point, End of story. My nature is no longer of sin. My nature is now of Christ, the anointing and the anointed one who has made everything better, everything as, as good as it was for Adam and Eve, as good as it ever was to fulfill the plan that God has for his people. Galatians 2, 17, 21 says this. He says, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ and then are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. What would that mean? Would that mean that Christ has led us into sin? Of course not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it continued to condemn me. So I died to the law. I died to this idea that I could measure up every single minute of every day to what the law had for me to do. It says, when I, when I, it says for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I buried it. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. How do I live for God? By being holy as God is holy, by being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation in Him, and understanding it's no longer my nature that's going to get me through, my sinful nature. It is going to have to be the nature of Christ to do that on my behalf. My old self has been crucified with the anointing and the anointed one, Christ. It is no longer I who live, but the anointing and the anointed one lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, trusting in the Son of God. Not in my behaviors, not in my good days, in my bad days, and all the days in between. I live in this earthly body by trusting in the power of the anointing of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there is no need for Christ. But there is a need for Christ. And that's what we should be introducing to this world. Not a list of do's and don'ts and whatever's and everything else. 
Trust me, the person sitting in prison right now, the person sitting on death row right now, still breathing, still living on this earth, has the ability to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, and I mean be empowered with the anointing of Christ in their life. Sometimes we get caught up in, well, this sin's worse than that one, and that one's worse than this one, and so on and so forth. No, if you've even done one sin, you have a cause for Christ. Because there would be still a sinful nature from that one sin that you committed. And you've committed many more, so have I. But even if it was just one, there's still the nature of that. And it's only by the nature of Christ, the anointing and the anointed one, that we can actually replace that old sinful nature with the one that Christ has accomplished for us. Ephesians 4, uh, I'm sorry, 2, 4 through 10. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in, heaven, in the heavenly realms because we are united or have our identity with Christ, Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united or have taken on the identity with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed that you are holy, when you believed that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation in Him, when you believed in the power of the anointing and the anointed one. And you can't take credit for any of it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece through the finished work of Jesus Christ. He has created us anew, brand new, in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things He planned for us a long time ago. And He's referencing when He first created Adam and Eve. You are the new Adam. You are the new Eve. You are the embodiment of the creation and plan of God for humanity because of the anointing and the anointed one that lives and abides in you and has in fact become your very identity of holiness like God is holy. That's what he's done for you. That's what he's done for me. And that's all that matters in our walk in Christ. If we don't understand that part, there's no point in all of the other efforts that we do. We are empowered to do the efforts we do in the kingdom of God through the anointing and the anointed one and the anointing that has created a brand new nature about us, the believers, to replace the old 
sinful nature. Isn't that good news? While I want to bring this uh, message to a conclusion, and before I do, I want to make sure that every person has the opportunity to receive the anointing and the anointed one that I've been talking about this entire evening and over this entire series. Say this prayer together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living inside of me. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Empower me to become more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer tonight and you meant it with all your heart, you're saved. I mean, it's just that simple. Don't let anybody or anything or any situation talk you out of what you just prayed and believed in your heart. You continue to believe it. You continue to hold on to it. And you continue, continue to develop yourself and who you are in Jesus Christ. You've got to get into a church. You've got to get plugged in. You've got you to begin to, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness as you do it. And then everything that you have need of will be added to you. That's a scripture found in the Bible that you can begin to live in your everyday world as you continue to walk in your identity in Jesus Christ. I want to invite all of you to church this Sunday. Uh, we have services both at 9 and 1030. Pastor Barb will have a message just for you. Come out and worship with us as well. You can also watch those services online, but I hope you come out and join us here at the church. Until then, God bless you all and continue to walk in your identity in Jesus Christ.